Hello the Red Hand listeners, this is Jonathan Moore from SS Moore Sports in Belfast. We're just opposite the front door of the City Hall onto Chester Street where we've been since 1950. We again, like most other years, carry a full range of the Ulster rugby product. We do hoodies, tees, polos, jackets, gilets, scarves, hats, luggage. We do adults and kids and that can be seen in store or online at ssmsports.co.uk. Hope to see you guys soon and don't forget, shop local. The Red Hand is proudly partnered with Shredded Juice Bar, a fantastic local business based on Belfast's bustling Lisburn Road. Shredded Juice Bar stocks a range of fresh, healthy, wholesome and delicious foods and drinks. Fresh juices, smoothies, SIE bowls, protein pots, overnight oats, protein balls, salads and wraps. You can tailor our menu to your needs. Everything is served just the way you like it. We're all about feel-good food. Come and give us a try. We know you'll love it. We're open seven days a week. That shredded juice bar on the Lisburn Road in Belfast. We look forward to seeing you soon. William Carlyle Coaching. Helping yo-yo dieters stop living their life on a diet and achieve long-lasting fat loss results. We've helped hundreds of dieters ditch the strict, boring and bland diets whilst losing 15 pounds minimum in 90 days. This is all done with the Fit for Life Transformation Programme. It's the counterintuitive approach to weight loss and will change your life forever. If you want to know more, grab your phone or pen and paper to write down my social accounts. On Instagram, it's at William Carlyle Coaching. On Facebook, it's just William Carlyle. If you'd be interested in learning more, drop me a message and let's chat. Okay, so welcome to the Red Hand podcast. Ulster returned to winning ways in the United Rugby Championship with an emphatic seven-try victory over Ospreys in Belfast. Luke Marshall and Sam Carter scored two tries each, with further scores coming from John Andrew, Stuart McCloskey and Marcus Ray. The hooks produced the perfect response to last week's loss to provincial rivals Leinster, will now be full of confidence ahead of the trip to South Africa to face the Lions next week. Among the crowd was Ulster's new short-term signing, the Scottish and British and Irish Lions loose head prop Rory Sutherland, who will integrate with the squad this week. Very exciting. We'll talk about him in a few moments. So to discuss the game, I'm joined by Evan Kavanagh, rugby analyst and coach, and Nigel Quigley, host of the Ulster Rugby Roundup podcast. So in terms of the overall performance, I just want to get a sense of what you thought of that game. I was there live. Were you there, Nigel? I was, yes, I uh-huh. Very good. So you get, get a bit of a sense of it, uh, watching it live. But Evan, presumably you were watching it at home and you get through a lot of rugby. But how, how would you sum up that game? Was it more that Ulster were really good or were Ospreys just not at the races? Well, I think it was it was a bit of both. Um, definitely the way Osprey started... Something that jumped out to me straight away was how they struggled getting out of their own 22, um, whether I was kicking or carrying. And but Ulster's first two tries, they both started from the Ospreys either trying to kick out of their own 22 or then try carry and lose the ball. Um, and definitely from that point of view, the Ospreys for most of the first half had problems getting out of their own half. But as we know, Ulster are just 
they're so good through the mall, uh, having strong carriers coming through like McCloskey and Luke Marshall running great lines these days. Uh, the, the smart line for his try off that rook. Um, once they get into that 22, they're they're so good at punishing teams. And that's kind of the way Ulster's game plan has been designed is getting into their half, getting them all going, getting the big carries going. So it was a bit of what Ulster are good at. And I think punishing what us, the Ospreys weren't good at too. Yeah. And Nigel, you're at the game. So what did you think of Ulster, Ulster's overall performance on Saturday? And through as a team, what were their greatest strengths? It was obviously a good win, but, but what did they do well? I have to agree with Evan. Um, I mean, when you consider who uh, Ospreys didn't have on Saturday and then losing two key players before the, before the kickoff was always going to affect their performance a bit. But you can only play what's in front of you. Um, I mean, they didn't do an awful lot. It wasn't a sterling performance by Ulster, but it didn't have to be, I think. Uh, you know, I mean, that, that kick out that Evan discussed and absolutely handed Ulster a cast iron chance to get their mall going right in the first couple of minutes. And, uh, and they... they they made hay with it, and they used it the whole game. Um, yeah, strengths, well, they dominated up front, but that back line is particularly in the centres. It's fantastic to see that centre pairing back together. Um, and the even when they moved the players around, which they had to do through injuries, everybody slotted in and did their job, which was nice to see because we had players out of position at that stage. So I think uh, forwards dominated. Uh, our kick game was better than uh, Ospreys. I think, as Evan said, the Ospreys kicking game possibly let them down a bit and put them in a bit of trouble. And you were kicking the players you don't want to be kicking to. Uh, you don't want them coming at you. So uh, I think they dominated all facets of the game, but it's kind of understandable given the two teams. When I saw the two team lineups, I thought that this, this could be a painful night for Ospreys. Yeah, yeah, it was an understrength Ospreys team. And it's, it's uh, I mean, yeah, to that, it's difficult to come to Kingspan. Um, you know, Ravenhill, as I prefer to call it, and it's it's never going to be an easy night for them. I think look, looking at Ulster's team just briefly for this game, I took a look at it and thought it, it almost looked like a stronger team that than I mean, arguably a stronger team than we had out against Leinster. For Newland's a big part of that. So for Newland comes in, he's not the sort of um, dynamic ball carrier that Kutsia was, and he is a good ball carrier. Don't get me wrong, but. Um, in terms of his uh, abrasiveness, his work uh, in the mall in particular, um, his work in the breakdown, all these sort of not very glamorous parts of the game for Mullen has a big impact. And it's reassuring to see his name in the team sheet, I always think. I think the other major changes were both wings as well, so Gilroy and Little coming in. Gilroy had a few good touches. There wasn't a huge amount for Little to do, to be honest, but Gilroy uh, has, has looked uh, pretty sharp from what we've seen of him. Uh, a guy who um, for a good period uh, over the past few years, um, uh, COVID accepted, didn't play a huge amount of rugby for Ulster, just wasn't getting picked. Um, and he's, he's come back in there and he's showing why he's still in the squad. So um, a pretty strong Ulster lineup against, as you say, a depleted Ospreys team. And I want to turn to Evan now and ask Evan about, because Evan's a rugby analyst and, always seem to put up interest in sort of GIFs and videos and, and threads on Twitter, uh, uh, analysing sort of style of different teams. So Evan, I just want to get your thoughts. What's Ulster's style of play so far this season? Are there any weaknesses as well that they might be exposed uh, against stronger opposition perhaps? I think with Ulster, um, the main thing that jumps out to me is they're, they're a balanced team and they're very pragmatic. 
the way they're playing. Um, maybe in previous seasons, they may have overcarried the ball a bit in midfield, um, got held up by defences and then lost the ball or got themselves into a bit of trouble. But you'll see now where if it's not working after a couple of phases, they'll hoist up a box kick, they'll put the pressure on to their great chase, whether it's Balakun or Little or Gilroy or uh, whoever, um, go and put the pressure back on the opposition, force mistakes in their own half, and then exert that pressure through their back line, through strikes off set piece and the mall, obviously. And, you know, in terms of weaknesses, as you say, they're either quite good are very good at a lot of things now. They've, they've really tightened up their games in lots of areas. I suppose a weakness maybe against the Ospreys was maybe the height of their tackles. Um, for the first try, there was, I think, a, a, a tackle around the chest from Madigan as the players peeling off the mall, and then high tackles again from, um, I think it was uh, uh, tight five forwards. I think it was Carter and uh, Sullivan and, and another player. So maybe having kind of designated clear roles where one player is going low and another player is going high, even for the second try, um, Jordy Murphy was going at the midriff of the Ospreys attacker, but Aaron Sexton was a bit wide and just allowed uh, Morgan to, or Morris to crash over for that try. So especially as they're going ahead to South Africa, where they love to pick and go around the line, they'll have a strong uh, maul, Mall defence is going to have to be so important. And it has been good uh, at times, but see the try Leinster got against them last week, it have to be excellent against teams like the Sharks and the Lions, where they just love more than the South African teams. So yeah, I wouldn't say, wouldn't say there's any glaring weaknesses and they're a very well-balanced team um, and play very pragmatic rugby. But um, against South Africans, your kick-chase game, um, your mall defence... And your tackling close line just has to be so strong. Yeah, yeah. Well, reassuring to hear you think uh, Ulster are a balanced team. There's not any sort of glaring weaknesses in there, but like, it's going to be a different proposition against South African teams, another level, uh, again, mm. a real test against them. And I want to talk a wee bit about, we talked about the team there, but I want to talk about individual performances. So, Nigel, who are the Ulster forwards who stood out to you on Saturday? Uh, <clears throat> I think uh, for me, actually, very vigil and, and made himself known a lot on the pitch was John Andrew. And um, I think he has done that every time he's pulled on an ultra shirt. I think he's an extremely unfortunate player because of who else is in the team. I mean, when uh, we, were, we were down a couple of hookers last season, John Andrew stepped in and done a sterling job. And he played so well on Saturday. I, for me, he kind of stood out because I see him a lot with the ball. He was involved an awful lot in what Ulster were doing up front. Um, I think uh, Nick Timoney is another one who leaves very little out in the park. And Alan O'Connor, I think, just, just I mean, he's, he may be from Dublin, but he's an Ulsterman through and through. He leaves nothing out there. He just gives it all. Everybody did a good enough job. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, Dwayne Vermeulen, his leadership, et cetera, is great. He had one big carry in the game, you know, and I think that's where I think sometimes Ulster fans are a little disappointed. They expect him to be like Marcel Kutsea and do 10 huge carries in the game. That's not who Dwayne Vermeulen is. He'll do one or two and he'll do a couple of turnovers. Um, and then I think when Marcus Ray came on, he was quite good. But I think he's turned out to be a really good player as well, Marcus Ray. Um, yeah. But for me, John Andrew probably was the standout forward. And we even had the game and I watched it again on Sunday. And and he, he, was, he was involved in everything Ulster did up front. Yeah, 
yeah, John Andrews, one of these guys who's underrated and, and it was a bit like Rob Herring for a while in the sense that he was he was stuck behind Ray Best and now you've got John Andrews stuck behind Rob Herring and it's good to have a bit of competition. Uh, John Andrews certainly stuck his hand up there. It looks like an Easter sort of, uh, Rob Herring went up with a, a concussion there and uh, it could be out for a wee while. So it's it's good to have. Uh, Declan Moore as well, he got about, I don't understand really the point of bringing a guy on for three minutes. <laughs> but I suppose it gets, yeah. gets him a run, run out. Maybe... Uh, 15, 20 minutes to get get him used to that level would have been nice, but um, it's particularly when we're sort of running away at the game as well. But I think maybe just John Andrews playing so well, they didn't want to to, to cut him off in his in his in his pump. But I think so. First, <laughs> <laughs> he, he seemed to get better as the game went on. Um, Andrew, he, he was obviously very active around the mall and running dummy mall moves off the back of that, but getting a turnover there, winning an overthrown line out, carrying straight back into the Ospreys. Uh, it was very active around, but he was everywhere, really. So it wasn't just, say, the headline stats, but his work with the scrappy ball and, and picking that up and say, Ulster have so many, like Rob Herring in himself, he's an exceptional hooker. You know, he's got bits of everything in his game. You've got Tom Stewart, who looks like a brilliant prospect, and then you've John Andrews. So you're very well stocked there at hooker um, in Ulster. Yeah, we're lucky in Tom, Tom Stewart, as you say, um, uh, enormous potential. Uh, he's a dynamic ball carrier. We've seen that in recent weeks. So, I want to tell you about a new partner of the Red Hand, Andy Willis Strength and Conditioning. Rugby, even at an amateur level, has never been more competitive. If you're serious about feeling fitter, stronger, and gaining confidence in your body again while playing, then this could be your opportunity. Andy Willis is a rugby strength and conditioning coach, providing a first-class online strength and conditioning service for athletes. Andy provides his athletes with clarity, support, personalised performance programmes, and sports injury rehabilitation. Andy would like to offer listeners who are serious about levelling up their game a consultation call to discuss their goals and how strength and conditioning could help you level up. Find Andy on Instagram at andywillis underscore sc for more information. I want to introduce the Red Hand listeners to a fantastic business who support the podcast. Hill Fitness is Northern Ireland's leading home gym equipment provider. Whether you're a total beginner buying your first weight set or a strength training veteran creating your dream home gym, Hill Fitness have you covered. From dumbbells to squat racks, gym flooring to exercise bikes, Hill Fitness have everything you need and more. The Red Hand listeners can receive an exclusive discount of 5% off their first order in-store or online. Just use code RED5, all caps, at the checkout. Check them out at hillfitnessuk.co.uk. That's discount code RED5, all capitals, for 5% off your first order at hillfitnessuk.co.uk. Hill Fitness make amazing home gyms happen. Um, Evan, just very briefly, were there any Ospreys players who put in a particularly good performance? Um, yeah, so I just I, I threw it up there on Twitter there earlier. Uh, Morgan Morris, the number eight for the Ospreys. Yeah, he, I thought he, had, he had a very yeah. good game. Um, there was a couple of kind of headline line breaks. He made one um, early in the first half. I think Vermeulen just bit in in a pod and he burst up through the middle and then run out of his own 22. And he won a, a turnover there 
when they were five meters out from their own line and then the try at the end as well. Um, especially when a team is struggling like that and they're losing so heavily, that's when you really see the character of players and even organizing the defensive line through the game and how active he was. He had those kind of headline moments, the big moments that would help turn a team who were playing better on the day and then was doing a lot of the kind of niggly stuff as well. So it's really impressed with him. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, no, he's uh, so, so some of these guys aren't aren't that well known, and uh, he certainly put in a, a blinder of a performance. And I just want to go back a wee bit because being a rugby nerd, I always look up the stats in a game, and um, you sort of think a player's played well, and then the, the stats certainly back up the, the names we've mentioned there. Um, John Andrew, eleven carries over twenty six meters, and I think the the point that we've made in previous podcasts is we're sharing the ball carrying more, which is is what mm-hmm. we need to do. So um, I suppose without Katia, everyone had to step up. And uh, Andrew certainly did that. I think Sam Carter had his best game in an Ulster jersey um, on Saturday. Um, he was really good. He, he was good. Uh, and he comes in for some criticism, but he, he carried the ball 17 times. Now, not for He's never going to be one of these guys who sprints down the pitch or, or, or makes a break in midfield. <laughs> but he carried over the hard, hard yards, you know, and even if you make a metre... He made over 21 metres over the course of the game. So very impressive, Sam Carter. He also chipped in with, with nine tackles as well. Uh, Nick Timoney, uh, need to say more, 20 carries, 55 metres made. Uh, Timoney's exceptional uh, and, and takes a, a huge amount of the ball carrying uh, on his shoulders. Uh, and as, as you say, Vermeulen and, and Murphy chipped into that as well. So... Um, I want to talk a wee bit, now I don't want to tee up too much, but, but in terms of the backs for Ulster, and uh, one man in particular stood out and got man of the match, I believe, and uh, that's Luke Marshall. So I suppose, now I just want to get your take on Luke Marshall, and for pe- people who maybe haven't seen much of Ulster, uh, James Human's out, Luke Marshall has come back. What sort of difference has he made? Well, Luke Marshall has uh, <clears throat> given Don McFarland a wonderful conundrum because I think everybody assumed with the injuries that Luke had that he, he was out for an awful long time for the last two or three seasons with injuries. And uh, you know, he took his chance and came in, and he's, he's been fantastic. But it seems Luke is back to being Luke, um, playing the way he did when he was at, you know, when he was at his best. He runs lovely lanes. He's generally a good defender, but he always makes you ground. He's, 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 a, he's a very powerful, powerfully built centre. And him and... Um, him and McCluskey have always had this really understanding link with each other. They've always played so well off each other. And my worry always was, could Hume do that? And he didn't at the start, but that has started to happen now as well. What options to have? Uh, I mean, he's like a new signing, to be honest with you, Peter, because we've had yeah. a lot. He can stay fit and we get Hume back and we have McCluskey and then you can add in the mirrors, etc. We've got we've got a hell of a, a hell of a pack to choose from in that centre pairing, and they're all very good players. So, um, yeah, fantastic to see Luke back. And it's fantastic to see him playing the way he is. Absolutely. You know, Luke Marshall is a guy that many people sort of forgot about, and he's had an atrocious run of injuries. He's a guy who, just one of those guys, I think he puts his body on the line, and, and that results in him getting these a number of concussions. And to be honest, when I thought he came back this season, I was really hopeful that he would um, recover some form. And not only, has he done, not only has he done that, he's been one of our best players, and... He is, as you say, as you say, Nigel. He's he's like Luke Marshall of old, um, and uh, long may it continue. He's he's been great. Um, 
And, and I suppose, as you said, McCloskey again, every week, game in, game out, McCloskey's playing the, the, the rugby of his career, I would say, at the minute. And yes, they've been, been called previously for, for Ireland inclusion, but he's only strengthening his case uh, at the minute. Now, I, think, I, think he has, I think he has a chance now with, um, you know, I've got to be honest with you, obviously the thing with Farrell, which we won't discuss, that he's not available at the moment. And uh, but I think he kind of slipped out of the reckoning. In a way, we'll see what happens with Bondiaki as well because you know the red card. He's got another one, and he he could find himself being punished. I think for a, for a while in the Ireland setup until he learns how to sort of calm that temper down. Because when he loses his temper, he gets red cards. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Um, so and I think I think Stu might get another in, another chance at it, and he needs to take it because. I don't know what else the lad has to do to get into that Ireland setup. He's been superb for the last three seasons. There's not one part of his game I think is weak, and uh, he, can't, he can't get a look in. Yeah, he's surrounded by class in the Irish setup, but I'm very surprised he hasn't featured more. Yeah, no, absolutely. And look, it's uh, it's all well and good me and Nigel going on about how brilliant Ulster are, but Evan, Evan brings it a bit more, <laughs> uh, or a bit less bias rather, uh, to proceedings. And um, Evan, I suppose you've you, Said said before, you know, you're a fan of Irish rugby and and, and try not yeah. to be too partisan. But um, looking maybe almost from the outside in, where does Ulster need to strengthen? We talk about maybe they don't have any massive areas of weakness. There's not many bad players. There's not any bad players in that squad. But where do we need to strengthen to get to the next level? Beat the likes of Leinster. There must be areas we can improve on. Yeah. So look. I think with every team, I think you could always use another tie head prop. Um, and seeing Marty Moore get what looked like a head knock there after 11 minutes before a South African tour um, wasn't that encouraging. It was a little bit worrying. Um, and I know, particularly at the end of last season, Ulster maybe didn't trust their backup props uh, in the, the final minutes of the, the, the knockout games. So I think. Another tight head prop. I actually thought Milosinovic was quite good um, when he came on, but for whatever reason, the coaches didn't didn't maybe back him one hundred percent to come on um, and the scrum. So I think another tight head prop that they would have a lot of confidence in would really um, boost the team. Now, uh, Rory Sutherland coming in a loose head prop. Uh, I think that's a great addition as well. Someone who's great in the loose um, has maybe had. A few injury problems before he was ruled out of last year. Six Nation had a, a very serious injury before that. Coming into great form then, though, in, before the Lions tour, and looks like a great addition. I think obviously Rob Herring is a very good player, but maybe around that tight five, um, maybe you can see now Marcus Ray is coming to great form. I know you mentioned him there earlier. I thought he said a really good start to the season. Um, maybe. And a lead option at six, maybe, um, I think uh, would always be nice. Um, but when you look at Leinster, I suppose it's the amount of power athletes that they have in their team and uh, the speed that they can play at and the experienced players that they have. Ulster have to play a very controlled game when they're playing against, Ulster, against Leinster to get that edge. And they did beat them last year, but it's when the game opens a, look, a little bit like that first try that Leinster scored last uh, week is where Ulster can beat Leinster, but it's having those athletes to, to compete with the power of teams like Leinster or uh, 
say, a La Rochelle or going later into the season? Yeah, absolutely. I think that there is that. Uh, I just looked at the Leinster team against Ulster and there were some physical mismatches, you know, it's Andrew Porter and Andy Warwick. And Andy Warwick's been, been very solid for us, but in terms of just yeah. sheer physicality and athleticism, you've got a Porter who's... Yeah, can, can, I be, can I be honest, though? I don't, I'm, just gonna, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you what I'm saying. I think actually a tight end mm-hmm. prop is something we could probably do with... <clears throat> that is a position we've, we've been probably the latest in in the front three for the last two or three seasons. Mm-hmm. But if you recall, I went to the Sharks game last year in Belfast last season. And that was that was a basically an all South African front row, and it was uh, it was Marty no it wasn't Marty Moore it was uh, the two young lads Eric O'Sullivan and Tom O'Toole that started against them. But I when I saw our front row I thought oh my god we're in trouble. They never dropped a scrum the whole game. Yeah, so the game is in them. But um, <clears throat> I mean what what uh, Stephen Ferris said last week sadly I agreed with how it came to pass. I mean he said that that game last week if this rain opens up. This will come down to a forward attritional game, and mm. Leinster will win that over the eighty minutes. If it stays dry, Ulster will win it, and he was totally right because when when the when the weather was dry, Ulster looked a better side. But when the rain came down, Leinster just handled the ball so much better and controlled it so much better, and yeah. uh, that was where it was lost. It was just how the two teams cope with the conditions, and Leinster just cope with them so much better than Ulster. There's a lesson to be learned there as well. well that's that's it. It was basic skill levels and. It's not that Ulster don't have it. It's, it, it's mm-hmm. as you say, it's how you manage those conditions. Uh, I don't recall the last time I saw Mike Larry knock on three catches in a row ever. Well, just, <laughs> I know, I know, a, a nightmare night for fullbacks and back three, th- back three generally. But even in the forwards, uh, Ulster have been taught, you know, that, that, that we tip on pass. They they they're constantly trying to shift the point of contact, uh, looking for their their mate around the corner and. They're, they're forcing passes at times, and you just have to know, like, yeah. on a night like that, stick it up the jumper, hit it up, don't worry do, about anything do, your skills coach has taught you. Do the basics right in that kind of weather, absolutely. It's, it's game management, as you say. Like, there's um, there's guys guys coming through there. Uh, Frank Bradshaw Ryan came on. He, he, looked, he looked decent. We need to see a lot more from him. Uh, they've eased him in very gently. Uh, but mm. I want to see I want to see what he can do, and uh, like uh, as we're sort of running out of time here, we've touched. Sean Raphael is going to be a good player for us. That's a very good point, Sean Raphael. He, he's um, played in that uh, that opening game against Exeter, and we get so a wee bit of him. And uh, he's a tackle machine. He's an absolute nuisance at the breakdown as well, isn't he? And uh, between him and Marcus Ray and Vermeulen, imagine that then as a back row. That, that's uh, you hate to play against them, and that's the sort of back you want. So, uh, raffles there. Just as as we sort of finish up here, I want to uh, ask you briefly about the Emerging Ireland Tour. I wasn't sure about it. It's over now, three from three. Was it useful? What do you think? Useful to see the lads play in the Ireland setup. I mean, bar well, of course, the game against the Pumas was very tight, and but it was it was a second squad with a few a few of the first squad and I'm pretty I was pretty sure what we saw in the first week was what we'd see this week and that's what it turned out to be uh I mean the cheetahs were much better opposition and uh, had we a front row that could have competed with them we'd probably have beaten 21 nil frankly because they only got two penalty tries off their scrum domination which was double by the way <laughs> uh but it was great to see the likes of McDonald and Jake Flannery play together and they seemed to gel very well 
Uh, I don't know what Bollockham was doing there. I don't see how him and Deegan can be called emerging Ireland players, but there you go. Tom Stewart, as Evan said, I think is a real prospect. Dave McCann had a good show, in particularly in the second game, and I think he came off the bench in the first game. Didn't see much of Callum Reid, but our front rows were a bit light for a couple of those games, I think, but they're young lads. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and, and let's be honest, we've now got, what, uh, seven, nine players out there that are ready for the conditions because I believe they're staying out there. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Well, I mean, it makes sense that they're staying out there. And and Evan, I suppose, uh, knowing you, you, you sort of followed that closely, I, I'm guessing. Uh, what did you think of the Emerge Ireland tour? And I suppose in particular, uh, the Ulster guys, was there anyone that you, really impressed you? Yeah, so I suppose coming back to an Irish perspective, I guess, I, I, the opposition maybe wouldn't, um, they wouldn't elite opposition, but I think it was, it was always a tour where they were looking to see how players would fit into the systems, uh, the Irish systems, taking them out of their own provincial systems, or say someone like Balakoon probably wouldn't kick much for Ulster. Um, it uses a kick chase player or a player coming in off the blind offset plays, and he did very well there for the try against the Cheetahs with that offload back inside to um, uh, Doak, um, which uh, I, I think it was, a, I don't know who scored, I can't remember now, but. Um, I yeah, I think I think the Ulster guys, I think Michael McDonald, I think he had a, a good tour. Jake Fannery um, looked good when he was running out of the back of pods, uh, when he was staying behind the forest, staying deep and being able to use his pace. He got that try against the Pumas, obviously. Uh, Balakoon, a really rate defensively as a winger, and you could really see that defensive ability against the Cheetahs is to make great, great reads and tackles and Talked about Tom Stewart. Dave McCann probably didn't get it, and Callum Reid probably didn't get a huge amount of opportunity. Um, but again, you can see the quality of Doak there. He's a guy who probably should have got a look in earlier as a, an apprentice in the squad. Um, looks like a quality player and really be pushing on. So maybe for the Ulster guys, um, they maybe didn't all get the game time that they were looking for. Um, but for guys who maybe might have struggled to get game time with their province um, previously, it was good to get those minutes. Uh, I think um, for player now, Jake Flannery probably, I think he was pulled out of the squad for the last game because Madigan was injured and they're looking for cover now at 10, but um, guys getting minutes that they might necessarily got playing for their provinces. I think it was positive from that way. Absolutely. It's a pretty controversial tour and ultimately I'm pretty happy with, with the way it went. I think it, Ulster did suffer from it because we don't have the depth that yeah. Leinster have and to, to lose all those guys I think probably did make a difference in that game against Leinster because we were slightly depleted in terms of the uh, the guys to come on and a number of a number of those guys may have contributed you know in that game but look they're getting they're getting recognition and uh, I'm I'm delighted for them because it's it's a one more step towards uh, playing for your country and uh, I think at the end of, end of the day if you ask those guys did they want to go and say most of them absolutely did uh, and fair play to them so. Um, and in terms of uh, what's coming up, we've got the Lions and the Sharks. So, uh, just very briefly to finish, do you think we'll come away with much from that? South Africa is a notoriously difficult place to, to go to. Different conditions, strong, strong opposition. Uh, any predictions for those games? I would have said uh, we'd be targeting the win against the Lions and something against the Sharks game, but having watched the Lions play since the start of the season, I'm not so sure now, but. 
We'll, we'll have nine players there conditioned. Uh, we'll not be using them all, of course, and depends who travels. Um, I believe Madigan probably won't travel, but I think Burns will. Um, we won't have any of the other names on this there, like Henderson here won't be back this week. Stockdale, we don't really know what, what's going on with him. So, um, I, I mean, I'd like, to, I'd like us to come away with a, a win and a losing bonus point. I'm just not sure where it is, if I'm honest, because they're hard teams to beat at home. I mean, they just don't lose many games at home, the South Africans. Um, but we, we, we want to be targeting two wins, obviously. But I think, I think is it, is it the Sharks that play? Do they play at altitude? I can't recall. I know the Lions don't, but I think the Sharks play at altitude. I can't recall. I don't oh, think they do. I don't think they do. Um, from memory now, um, I, I, I can echo echo what you say, Nigel. About it all depends on the squad that goes out, but I think Ulster are well within their ability to win those two games. I know the Lions had a great Northern Hemisphere tour there with three wins, but um, an area where they've conceded quite a few tries on that tour was through the mall. Uh, so they have a good mall themselves, as all South African teams do, take pride in that. But if Ulster can get into the Lions 22, I think that's an area they can really go after them. And it's probably the most impressive performance of the season last year for me from Ulster was their performance against the Sharks in, was it the URC quarterfinal, where they shut down the scrum, just locked out the scrum, basically eight, or 16 feet on the ground, didn't go too aggressive and just locked it out. And kicks, box kicks into the corner, forcing Sharks to counterattack from positions they didn't want to. And um, just played a really smart, pragmatic game while playing to their own strengths too. And if Ulster play as they did last season and as they've shown in every game by Leicester, I think they can win those two games even away personally. But obviously it's South Africa, it's away. It's, uh, there's always that, that mental barrier as well. Yeah. No, uh, and, uh, in terms of the injuries here, just hurriedly looking that up. So, um, yeah, McCloskey and Burns appear to be fit. Um, and then you've got Marty Moore out with a concussion. Treadwell has some sort of injury in training. And then the other guys that were mentioned, he'll be out as well. So, well, uh, Sutherland's uh, integrating into the squad this week. So I would say a good chance he'll travel. That would be great. I'd love to see Sutherland. He's such a good player. And he's, I think people don't get that excited usually about signing a prop, but there's a good bit of buzz. It says a lot about Sutherland. You know, he's a, he's got a dynamic prop and excited the same play. So um, thanks, guys. That was really good. Uh, in terms of uh, where you can find these guys, so Evan uh, is on, on Twitter and Instagram and uh, EK Rugby Analysis, isn't it right, Evan? That's it, yeah. Thank you. So if you give Evan a follow, and then Nigel, of course, um, also hosts uh, an Ulster Rugby podcast. Do you want to tell us a wee bit about that, Nigel? Yeah, well, we're part of the three pod group, and uh, I look after the Ulster, uh, what we call the White Walkers Crack and Chat, we do once a month. And it's just a monthly review of the Ulster games and everything that's going on in Ulster Rugby. We try and bring uh, all types of fans on and all types of rugby from all levels. It's it's by fans, for fans. It's, um, and there's a lot of silliness on it at times, but sure, it makes it a bit of crack. Um, and uh, we love doing it. So that's usually yeah. in the third week of each month. Oh, I'm a big, fan, a big, big fan of it and, uh, and a big fan of yours, Evan, as well. And, and definitely follow Evan on Twitter, EK Rugby Analysis. And uh, guys, thanks very much. And thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. 
Imagine a place free from gravity. Imagine a place free from all external stimulation where the only thing you can hear is your own heartbeat. A place where your physical and mental health can rest and recover, where you can reconnect with your whole self. That place is Hydroease. Come and join us. You can find us at www.hydro-ease.co.uk The Red Hand provides next-level Ulster rugby coverage, offering fans unrivaled insight, unfiltered opinion, powerful stories, and accessible analysis. Every minute of every game is covered with weekly in-depth written articles, interviews with players past and present, analysis from rugby experts, and a podcast in which we preview and review Ulster's games and discuss all things Ulster rugby. To gain full access, please join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the red hand or visit theredhand.co